Hi, this is Jason Bryden. Welcome to the Bold Acting Podcast. If you're listening on your iPhone, I know you've already pressed play, you've already chosen it. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to talk about today. You've already made up, made up your mind, and I thank you for that. But I just want you, if you scroll down on this episode or on the show page, okay, not on the episode page, but the show page on your iPhone, and you see that thing after after some episodes, after about 17 episodes, it says ratings and reviews. And then there's a number. You'll see that I've got five out of five stars. It's a perfect rating because it's a perfect show brought to you by Canada's greatest actor, me. You'll also see that there's eight ratings there. A smaller sample size, a boutique sample size. I'm very niche. I, of course, want to be the opposite of niche. I want to be, um, what is the opposite? Field? Venue? Stadium? Famous? Nationwide. And so if you hit five out of five stars there, nothing less, don't, don't get, we're not looking for honesty here, we're looking for quantity. Hit that five stars. You can write a review, a review if you want, but really it's the ratings. Hit that five stars. And then go over to your uh, friend's phone. Do the same thing. Find your dad. He doesn't know how it how the phone works. You do that thing there too. Go find a stranger, take their phone, etc. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. Let's get on with the show. Because I can't stand the people that go on and on in the preface. I already I'm already listening, right? But I'm just skipping. I'm just skipping. How does the advertising work? When they when as soon as you hear this podcast is brought to you by, you just skip, don't you? I'm good for mattresses. Anyway, I should stop yakking. I just wanted to tell you one more thing, though. Uh, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter yet, it's a weekly newsletter. It's getting way better. People are calling in with questions, and, 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 and also seasoned vets are calling in with advice. I play that. And my monologues are getting really good. I, of course, would never say anything if they weren't, but they are. So I will. So sign up for the newsletter today and then do the same with your sister and your brother-in-law, even though they're divorced, and do the same with your dad, even though he doesn't know how email works, etc., etc. And I thank you. Boldacting.substack.com. It's free, but you can upgrade to paid if, if you have a heart inside that chest of yours. Okay, enough. I gotta stop talking. Forgot about the YouTube channel, though, that you should subscribe to. YouTube.com slash Jason Bryden will bring you a world of edutainment. There's plenty of bold acting videos up there. Also, there's a new playlist called How the Greats Do It. How the Greats Do It. It's great performances that I've culled from some of my favorite films. The latest one is from... a. Uh, horrifying war film from Russia from 1985 called Come and See. It's an amazing three and a half minute bit of acting and camera work and I can't wait for you to see it. I know you'll love it. I, I just mention this now because when I tell my students to watch great performances and copy them, they all look at me like, like, like they're like, what? What do you mean? I think we're under the wrong impression that we can plagiarize performance. We can't suddenly turn into Bradley Cooper 
All right, be coops, be be coops. We can't suddenly turn into Dame Judy Dench. It's not going to happen. So next time you're watching something and you see a performance that you love, that inspires you, that captivates your imagination, maybe from an actor that you um, have a kinship to, this is a role that maybe you could audition with, then press pause and try and do it. Do exactly what they're doing. Then rewind and watch them again and press pause again and copy them again. This is why I put up the How the Greats Do It playlist on my YouTube channel so you could watch really good performances from films maybe you didn't know about and just try and practice and do it. Film yourself is the next step. Filming yourself is advanced. Film yourself. What is measured can be managed. That means you film yourself, you watch yourself, you make adjustments. It's hard. It's hard to look at ourselves. But it's worth it because it's a shortcut to learning. Unlike how much I talk. Okay, that's enough. Let's get on with this. Jesus. Welcome to episode 25 of the Bold Acting Podcast for October 18th, 2023. 13 had an adverse reaction to a wasp sting of late. His skin around his calf tightened up like you see on old people with cankles. Red, scaly, and painful looking. Was this a tick bite was the only thing that was running through my head. I couldn't tell. There are ticks around here. I'm not saying they all have Lyme disease, but we caught one on the little one years ago. In fact, his brother did. It had lodged itself in behind his little ear, and you, there was that telltale bullseye thing. And so my ex, their mother, pulled it out, got it all out with the tweezers or whatever, and then sent it away to a lab. And two months later, after calling and calling and calling, they told her that there wasn't any Lyme disease in there. Two months wouldn't that have um, probably shown up in the kid before the lab ever deigned to get back to us? Anyways, don't get me going with the Canadian healthcare system. Is that even healthcare? Are scientists healthcare? I'm off track now already. There was no bullseye on 13's leg that I could see. Or maybe there was. In a certain light, I saw there was... I noticed, however, I was rubbing my hands together in anticipation of another trip to the Emerge. I have loved hospitals ever since I worked at one as a porter in the 90s in Calgary. The job was mind-numbing, with intermissions of excitement adjacent. Running bags of blood and platelets into an OR where there was more people more doctors and nurses and tech techs and more blood and more action than I had ever seen. Helping a more morbidly obese woman named Starla with another porter named Ian. And his nickname was Minigams. That's all coming back to me. 
Anyways, helping this massive woman named Starla into a metal tub in a ward called Wound Management. Her bed sores, a constellation of blood and pus. Moving the deceased from their last hospital room to their first morgue. Fooling around with Lynn, a fellow porter, in the deserted gyno wing. So many memories. You can hear more of these memories in a book of essays I've podcasted. The essay is called A Cure for Life. The podcast is To My Glorious Self. You can find it where the podcasts are. FYI. On this evening, the emergency ward at St. Joe's Hospital in West Toronto did not disappoint. A woman that looked like Leonid Brezhnev, mostly in the eyebrows and the weight class, triaged at window number three, please. There's blood coming out of my pee-pee, Leonid said. The plexiglass partition made it difficult for the nurse to hear the patient and vice versa. You're bleeding from your vagina, said the nurse. Sorry, Leonid said. There's blood coming out of your vagina, said the nurse again. I don't know. It's when I pee. Window number four, please. A Mexican man said... I cannot close my eyes. Fuck, I can't do a Mexican accent all of a sudden. Window number five, please. An Indian man was missing a third of the skin from his face. He glistened red like a licked chupa-chups. Back and forth beetled a speedy woman with the herky-jerk movements of the crystal methodically inclined. I'm raising the consciousness with my human videos, she railed. You guys took all my friends away. All the consciousness is gone. I looked at 13. Isn't this great? So much action. He gave his usual answer to things he doesn't quite hold so close to his heart. Mm Mm-hmm. 13 was reading his graphic novel, Back to Front. Why are you reading your graphic novel backwards, I asked. Well, I finished it frontwards, he said, and I didn't bring another book, so I just thought I'd read it backwards. That's such a 13 thing to do, I said. I guess I'm just a 13 kind of guy, he said. Then our number was called. We explained everything through the soundproof glass. Then we sat down again. Then we explained everything again at a different window, also soundproof. No wonder Brezhnev had to yell out about her pee-pee. Then we walked down to the yellow zone. This was the proper emergency for the walking wounded. It's not the serious emergency with the gunshots and the knife wounds. We had been in there, too, during COVID, probably because everything else was full, That time, 13 had had an outsized reaction to poisonous plants, and he puffed up, red and angry, all over his body. I mean, all over. He has sensitive skin, I think. I had been in here six months ago with 11 after he had broken his arm on a seesaw. 
So much of parenting is to be inconvenienced. The dinosaur within me wants to stay in bed and read my book at all times. Hotel du Lac, Anita Bruckner. Out in the real world is where the action is, though. Especially at night. Where do people get the energy? There's so much going on in this city. I can't believe all that I'm missing on any given evening. Would there be this much action if I lived in the country? In the suburbs? Probably. We just walked down to this hive of excitement two blocks from our house called St. Joe's Hospital, and, and we got to witness all of this for free. And how does this affect performance? I don't know. It's certainly grist for the mill writing requires. But you see stuff. The way people behave. The ways you might never cotton on to yourself. Ways of walking and talking. The hurrying meth addict. The assuredness that comes along with some mental illness. Their confidence in them thinking they know what their audience wants. The way a Brezhnev walks in on her flip-flops and socks with the toes cut out no matter what the weather, because her feet are so swollen. The care the doctor takes when we finally do see her. She asks if we have a pet. She too has a cat. He too is a hunter. She's wearing green scrubs. I think of Lynn, all those years ago, back when women saw me, when I was a going concern. God, how quickly I can make it about myself. Now my job is to stand over here in a corner and observe a world not meant for me so much as it was. Now I watch, record, and interpret. A musician varies the notes. A sculptor carves the stone. An actor interprets the words. You can't just regurgitate the lines. you got to have your take on it. And it can't be wrong. It just can't. When you're making art, you can't get it wrong. So take the pressure off. Stop procrastinating. Get out there and watch. Fill your tanks up with inspiration. But we have to make note of things, okay? We need that third eye, that responsible actor part of us that can take care of everything, that can remember stuff, and and that can then deploy them. Don't be looking at your phone, in other words. If you're out in the world, just sit there and wait. And if you're listening, if you're paying attention, if you're in the moment, whatever you want to call it, stuff will happen. Stuff is always happening. You just haven't noticed it yet. And then you'll see the people. And then you'll trust that you can lock it away in your head. Or you can write it down if you want, if you're, if you're really that into it, if you're that good. Don't pick up your phone, though. Don't pick up your phone and say to yourself, I'm just going to write this down on my phone. No, you'll look at Instagram or something. And then suddenly you'll be neat deep in porn or buying a shirt you don't need or shoes or swiping right on some awful dating app. Last night in class, a student commented on the difficulty of playing a role where the woman pursued him, not the other way around, as he was used to it, and how hard it was because he had never experienced it himself. 
but we don't need to have a tree fall on us to act in a scene where we're pinned under an oak, because we're actors. Nor do we have to be addicted to meth to play an addict. I am not a doctor, but I could play one on TV. I've seen doctors. I've seen addicts. We approximate. We're not making a documentary here. Acting isn't about real life. It's about something bigger, something closer to the truth. Truthful behavior, that's what we're going for. That's what you'll find in spades in people under duress, under pressure, asking for help. You can watch great examples of humanity out there, in the world. In restaurants, at your shitty job, at a funeral, in church, in school, at a hospital. Thirteen and I walk out into a warm September night. Lake Ontario is behind us, High Park to the west. We are not long for this neighborhood. The house is sold. I can't afford it anymore. Roncesvalles has gotten too fancy, which is good. It's good to move on. I have a serious case of wanderlust as it is. I need new environs, new traffic patterns, maybe some neighbors I don't know so well. It'd be so nice to be able to live in Amsterdam or Montreal or New Orleans or Oslo. So many great cities to see in this world. And time is of the essence. Not just because I'm older, but because of war and terrorism and fascism. All of the isms all of a sudden. And then cereal. You've got to have cereal when you get home from an adventure. You can't go to bed on an empty stomach. What are you, a psycho? We're allowed to have stomachs, you know. Not everybody has to have ab muscles. How did we get so obsessed with these muscles right over here? Gerard Butler doesn't have those muscles, okay? And he's the one who fucking started it. I blame him. Have the cereal late at night. What kind of life is that, that you don't have cereal? Tonight it's honeycomb, my favorite. We now have six tubes of Fusidin antibiotic cream in the drawer under the bathroom sink. If the bug sting gets infected, we're encouraged to come back to emergency. Thirteen catches me about to rub my hands together in anticipation of another trip. I resist the urge and put my hands in my pocket. Maybe I should become a doctor. Or maybe I should just play one on TV. It's advice time from two seasoned pros. If you have advice for your younger self, send me a voice memo. Send it to jasonbryden at gmail.com. That email address again is jasonbryden, B-R-Y-D-E-N, at gmail.com. Hi there, I'm Dina Pino. I'm an actor in Toronto, and I've been doing it for about 25 years. So my advice to my younger self is do not stop. So life, like, I don't know, having kids and being like super uber pregnant all the way like up to your eyeballs and earlobes can sort of pull you back from auditioning and booking roles for a time. And um, I took quite a bit of time off 
with the kiddos. And I felt like when I went back, I was like, oh my God, it's like starting over. Like casting directors don't seem to remember what my specialty is or what my skill set is. And I had a casting director during this time say to me, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's that's true. We have an expression in casting that goes uh, something like, uh, you're gone a month, we lose your file. You're gone a year, we lose the whole filing cabinet. And that so felt like it. I mean, that's obviously an old saying. You can tell I've been in the, the industry for like 25 years because who has paper files anymore? But that's it. Uh, so stay involved. Stay active. Um, uh, I mean, take the time off that you need. But don't go away for too long. Stay creative. Um, stay amongst your creative folks, uh, actors and writers, and make stuff. Make sure you're, you're out there, be it theater or maybe it's just some online stuff and keep doing stuff. Uh, don't go away. Don't stop. Hello, my name is Paul Constable, and I've been an actor for over 25 years. Uh, if I could talk to my younger self, I'd say two things. First of all, just trust. It's going to take time. There's going to be ups and downs. You're going to want to quit uh, a lot of times, even when you're in the ups, uh, but you just got to trust it and know that um, it's going to work itself out. And the second thing is you need to understand your type, who you are and what you represent, because that's how you're going to get most of your work. And if you don't like who you are and what you represent, then you're going to have to find a way to change it and make yourself something into who you really want to be. Um, and then I'd ignore myself and, and eat some chips. Thanks, Dina and Paul. I think it all comes down to, if you love it, you'll keep doing it. If you're compelled, you'll keep doing it. You can't help yourself. The way you keep the love alive is by doing it, however. With everything, if you don't use it, you will lose it. I know this from giving up on dating. You just lose it. You lose interest. But there's a part of me that knows that this isn't a whole life that I'm doing right here. There, there's more to it. And I got to get back up on that horse. If you're making stuff all the time, you're scratching an itch. If you're somebody that has to be creative, then don't give up just because it gets hard. Don't give up just because there's all this other stuff coming at you. It's okay to be selfish with your art. In fact, I would argue, if you're an artist, it's your obligation to put it out there. We got ourselves into this mess because we've been focusing on the wrong things, like the bottom line, like invisible lines on a map. I say we need a return to making stuff for the sake of making stuff. What do you think? Are you buying it? Are you psyched? Are you stoked? Are you excited? Try it out. See if it works for you. I'm telling you, when you prioritize your art, you're no longer in a state of want. You're making stuff. You're affecting people. Thank you for listening to the Bold Acting Podcast. You can reach me at jasonbryden at gmail.com. Send me any questions you like answered on the podcast. Send a voice memo to jasonbryden at gmail.com. That's jason, B-R-Y-D-E-N, at gmail.com. 
Find me on Instagram at Jason Bryden of Canada. DM me about any classes. For more information, go to boldacting.com. Until next time.